Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are in the home stretch, the final quarter of the season where it is the toughest to win. And we are uh, on the uh, cusp of playoff positioning, draft positioning. This is the toughest time of year to tanking. really sort out tanking. We th- This is the yeah. toughest time of year to handicap these games. It is the toughest time of year to suss out some edges. We have a full slate of 16 games to talk about, it, and they cover the gamut. There are some fantastically interesting matchups that I can't wait to get into, and there is some utter stinkers that we are going to blow by. Um, but that's the nature of the NFL and the way that things work out because we have a whole slew of teams that are just playing for nothing right now, and another whole uh, whole bunch of teams that are uh, you know you know we really can't say that we have um, you know true clear favorites. Uh, in either the AFC or the NFC for the first time in quite a few years. I feel like this is wide freaking open um, with us. One of our, f- one of our most uh, valued NFL handicapping friends guy that we talk with behind the scenes constantly wow. to help understand what's going on in the market. Um, what are some of the nuanced parts of uh, how to approach a handicap that can help refine our models and make um make us better betters uh and so with us to handicap week 14 one of the more um you know one of the more interesting and exciting weeks of the nfl season uh none other than mr alex bartlett welcome to the deep dive alex how are you tonight how's it going i i've been on here twice before and uh for off-season stuff, and now I'm here finally to actually talk some real gambling. I feel like I'm being finally called up to the majors, so <laughs> hope, I hope I make you proud. You've been tapped. I love it, man. I love it, man. Well, we, uh, you know, we we talk a lot behind the scenes, and we kind of kind of held out the end of the season for some of our more, uh, you know, some of the guests we were most excited to talk football with in person. Uh, so it is with uh, it is with great, uh, at, you know, with with great thanks and respect that we uh we have you here for week 14 uh where for by the way if you don't follow alex where can people find you on on the old twitter.com uh my handle is at bartlett 157 b-a-r-t-l-e-t-t 157 right on and um you've had a nice uh, a nice nfl season to this point so congratulations on beating the toughest sport that there is to beat in the handicapping space um and uh just out of curiosity uh, I know you like to handicap some other awesome, ex- obscure, uh, <laughs> other, some awesome, other obscure sports out there. Uh, what happened oh, in the uh, chess championships? Talk, tell me what happened. That <laughs> went, so, so I, like, I have a ton of respect for guys who, who do the, like, you know, the daily sports and handicap that day in and day out NBA, NHL, MLB, college basketball, uh, you know, college football, not daily, but on a much bigger scale than the NFL. I, I don't, I don't have the time or patience uh, to, to handicap that stuff. So, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a degenerate every now and again, I, I like to get down on some action. So I, I like to find these random sports. And the one I found recently was chess, I, you know, five dimes was offering odds on the uh, world chess championships. Uh, so I started digging into that and, uh, was able to get a bet down on Magnus Carlson to win it about halfway through. And it, I, I expected it to go to tie break and him to win easily. It went to tie break. He won easily and uh, maybe some lunch money. I was 
some of the more fun I've had handicapping. Yeah, I am I'm undefeated on chess betting. Yeah, I love it. I, yes, I tell you on a on the draw, the first game draw, which I bet like what four months ago when you posted it because I thought uh-huh. it was soon. And I looked, I'm like, this is in fucking November. <laughs> so, so there, that bet, that and that with my NFL future, but it finally did cash and four to one even. I love it. Well, uh, I. I caught a bunch of softball winners with you in the summer and I saw your chess uh, winners. So uh, congratulations. Oh, That's yeah. super, super fun. I love that you can kind of nail a niche sport like that. And you know, what better way to build your bankroll uh, than to, uh, than to hit some soft lines in some of these obscure markets. I absolutely love it. Um, so well done. Um, what, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how the NFL season has gone for you. Uh, some of your observations on, uh, cause I know you're a very sharp observer of the market. That's kind of one of the reasons I really like, uh, your feedback and input on things uh, you know, you, how, how do you see handicapping the NFL in 2018 shape, sh- shaped up? Well, uh, when you had me on earlier, uh, was it per, uh, before the season started, I believe. Um, and it, it, we were kind of talking about, uh, like new year's resolutions for the NFL. That's and right. It was, focus on that's and, right. Uh, like we talked pretty extensively about, uh, really focusing on trying to beat the closing line this year. And that's something I've, I've really tried to take, uh, you know, to put more time and effort into and getting stuff done earlier in the week and trying to get my bets in on, you know, even opening lines, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, early Thursday. Um, so you're betting into some of those softer lines. Um, and so far it's worked out really pretty well for me. Um, of course, some of the bigger, <laughs> some, of the, some of the plays I've had that have had bigger closing line value, of course, have been some of the losers, but that's, uh, that's how things go. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. It's the NFL is such a small sample size and capturing some winning percentage before the kickoff is so freaking important. It has really kind of, it has really opened my eyes this year, especially. And, uh, um, and it it took us a while to get the math, the math, there was some arguments and, uh, especially with me and you just trying to figure out like, how should we actually calculate this? Because (laughs) between like, I think between you, I, Suma and Alex, everybody was calculating CLV differently as of like week one. How crazy we had, there was, there was, there was some, we had to come to some consensuses on that. How crazy is it that there's a million accounts, some consensus. How crazy is it that there's a million accounts that are like reporting what the public, the, you know, the disproportionate public sides are and what the reverse line movement is. You know, there's all these tools out there for absolutely meaningless stuff. And yet there's not like an obvious, clear, useful closing line value tracker. Like it's a lot Mm -hmm. of fucking work. It is hard freaking work tracking down your closing line. And we're not even making that many plays. And it's a sport that has happened, has games, you know, one game a week. Like it, this, this shouldn't be that hard, but it is. Uh, and I completely agree with you. It's kind of totally changed my perspective uh, on betting the NFL. Uh, Alex, are there some kind of key indicators that you use week in, week out to see how markets are moving and you know how numbers are shaping up that uh, that you think would be useful for people who are listening to this, wondering what the hell we're talking about? Well. Uh, Yes. Uh, One of the things that I kind of like to look for, particularly early in the week, um, I guess, is kind of where the line opens and where it moves to initially. Uh, I think one of the bigger misconceptions is that um, 
public money or money, you know, public money, I guess, moves the lines, which is true, but more, more or less it's influential betters. And there are, you know, influential betters and syndicates who will hit these opening lines. Uh, so taking a look at where they opened, where they moved initially is important. From there, then it's kind of, it's, it's beneficial to try and figure out if that move is legitimate or if that move is a potential setup, uh, for a buyback later in the week when limits are lifted. Um, I don't know how many people know. I suspect not many people are probably betting into limits, but early in the week, limits are kept really low, you know, $1,000 maybe, um, even on bigger sites. Uh, and as the weeks go, the week goes on, those limits begin to get raised and eventually they're not taken off. But, uh, you know, you can bet, you know, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, uh, I don't know what pinnacles is, but, you know, substantially more than earlier in the week. Uh, so there is, there is some tactics involved where some of these syndicates or sharper players will hit a line earlier in the week, uh, you know, move it from three and a half to two and a half with the intention of later in the week when limits are lifted of hitting that two and a half for full limits, you know, setting yourself up to get a better price on a game, essentially. Uh, and it, 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 you know, it's not, it's not an exact science and it takes a while to kind of get some of those indicators, but, uh, really researching that, yeah. studying that has, has paid off pretty well for me <clears throat> this year as well. Uh, that was a really well painted picture. And I'm going to bring that back when we talk about some of these key games this week, most notably Rams bears. Uh, so let's put a pin in that wow. for now. Because I really it, it is don't. tough too, like you said that with the, you know, they will moves like this. They're gonna hit the, they're gonna hit those books that are on the board. They're hitting, you know, they're hitting, they're lighting up the board, hoping people will chase that steam and move the line for them. As if they, if they mm-hmm. can just sit and light up the board on that, and you get a bunch of people buying into that steam, chasing with it, especially early in the week when the, the you know, the limits are like you said, the limits are lower, and those, those are going to move a little quicker off some of that stuff. You can really swing a number in your favor, and then yeah, come back on it huge. And it is super hard to tell what's what. So it's it's like Alex said, man, just watching it every week and still being wrong half the time. <laughs> right. If I, if I was giving somebody some advice really early on, I would in some ways almost spend less time, uh, you know, looking into the games themselves and spend more time watching the markets, how they open on Sunday uh, night, how they move Sunday night into Monday morning um, and stuff like that. And trying to, to research that and study, you know, what might've caused that move or what those influential betters or what that early money is seeing that's moving that. And then does that line move back in the other direction later in the week when limits are raised or, uh, you know, I, I, I personally spend a lot of time uh, looking at researching, watching the markets. Um, and then, you know, I, I just, I think that's an, a, an aspect that most people uh, don't consider when handicapping a game. You know, they just want to pick pick whoever's winning. But right. if you can kind of get an idea of where the market might move, why the market might move, it's going to help you as far as getting the best number. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, do you get a kick out of sort of the spinning of narratives before games and after games? And can you, are at this point, have, have you just had enough of like complete BS narratives? 
<laughs> I'm yeah, I'm I'm pretty well over that. I think people in general get so focused on on recency, recency bias, and what happened last week, and what's you know what team is playing what next week, and it, it, you know some of that stuff is just noise, and you need to look at the bigger picture of you know the full season sample, and maybe even dating back into last season, if not much has changed as far as head coach, quarterback, personnel uh, scheme. You know, like like you were saying, the NFL is such a small sample size. You really do need to try and broaden that picture. And just looking at the games from the last couple of weeks is is kind of a fool's errand. Yeah. Okay. Andy, uh, do you think that uh, motivational stuff, uh, you know, motivational trying to trying to project motivations into a locker room, like is this a fool's errand, or is there is there a way to really incorporate this? I mean, we do this every week, and I try to you know find a couple of spots where I feel like you know, Hey, this is a really good angle because this is not being factored in. And a lot of times motivation comes down to it because I do think motivation matters. I mean, you see it play out on the field with your eyes. So you feel like, you know, yes, you know, these guys are not trying hard on defense tonight. Like what was the dolphins versus the Texans on Thursday night football was like one of the most obvious examples, like the dolphins defense fucking quick. Like you saw it. Uh, like, is it, mm-hmm. is it worthwhile, Andy, even trying that's to where, that's project, where it's great. project this it, stuff? It's, it's tough to predict that stuff. Sometimes we've been able to see like, man, this is just such a flat, obvious flat spot for a team to come out and just, just give a bad performance. Maybe, you know, you can call it like a sandwich spot or even just like look ahead to anything or, a, a, you know, out of conference team with something huge on deck. Sometimes you'll see that, but like you said, uh, referencing that dolphins game sometimes, and I know lots of people get into this, especially with uh, everybody on the offshores. Now, if you see stuff like that, that's a great way to do some live betting. Yeah. If, if you can see something with your eyes, Oh, this team is done. They've done gave up. Yeah. They're not going right. to stop the offense anymore. You can find some cute little live opportunities there, which I wouldn't recommend going huge in live betting. You can get yourself in a, not speaking from any sort of experience here, but you can get yourself in a little bit of a pickle there if you get too wild with uh, throwing in too many live bets on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Well, I bet into a spot where I think, you know, there's a motivational narrative, you know, a real thin a real reachy narrative this week. And I'll get your guys take on that. And then I also bet into a spot completely ignoring a narrative. So I'll bring those back up as we go through the card here and see if we can get, you know, get some takes on what's real and what's fake narrative wise, because it's definitely, you know, we want to try to provide useful, you know, information here and not just, you know, BS through an hour and a half of, of podcasts to get you through your work day. <laughs> so <laughs> we're trying to walk a thin line of what's useful and what's not. Anyway, um, speaking of what's useful and what's not, uh, real quick, I want to get your thoughts, Alex, on the state of the NFC. Uh, the NFC, we got a fourth member of the pod tonight. Awesome. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the state of the NFC, uh, Alex, uh, feels to me like it hinges on, you know, there's teams that are built entirely around um, dynamic offense. And there are teams that are built more on sort of a traditional what used to be the way to succeed in the NFL. Uh, and now that we're getting into cold weather, now that it feels like there's an emphasis on officiating and calling things tighter, especially holding an offensive pass interference and things like that. Uh, now that we're in this part of the season in December, do you think that the NFC is going to come down to just which offense performs the most effectively in January? Or do you think we're going to see some of these teams like Chicago actually have a better chance since they have a real deal defense? 
So am I, I, am I the only one who's been kind of disappointed with the NFC this year? Like, I feel like coming into the season, we're not we, at all. Like, I've we had agree. like great, great expectations of, you know, the Rams and saints and Packers and Vikings and Eagles and, and, you know, Panther, like maybe not Panthers, Falcons and, you know, Falcons all these teams sure. battling yep. it out. And it's just been, for the most part, it's been the Rams and saints crapping on everybody else. And then it's yes. kind of like a struggle to see who free through I don't know. 10 is, you know, hundred uh, so, so I don't, I mean, I would have a tough time at this point betting against the Rams or saints. Um, but they are chewing up such a large portion of the futures market, the NFC futures market that, you know, it does feel like that there might be some value on one of those second tier teams, uh, you know, like, like the Vikings, like, uh, potentially if they make it the Eagles, I mean, they have some experience. Um, it, it's, it's man, I don't, I mean, it's not going to be much fun to, to have to go into a game in the playoffs, knowing that your money is, is on, on the other side of, of the Rams or the saints, but that's a great point. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That's a great know. point. Andy, do you think defense is going to matter in January? No, I mean, the whole, your tinfoil little theory about this week, it seemed to keep playing out, though. So you you, you almost converted me. But, uh, I mean, do you really think the NFL has some some sort of conspiracy theory to make games less fun to watch? For the, well, for, for say, okay, okay, the plumber? All right, all right. Hang on, hang on. What, hang what on, would okay. you say? What would, so, no, no, no. What would you say yeah, sure. people like more in, in general? Like, if you want to really generalize it, Absolutely, make a conglomerate mashup of of one you know the one football fan. They want to see some excitement. They want to see long plays. They don't want to see holding calls. So I guess I don't understand the theory that the NFL is 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 wanting to call more holding okay. calls and make defenses more important. All so I'm maybe saying, you can fa- maybe you can explain right, it. Right, right. All all I'm saying is that a memo went out to the officials before last week's games that said uh, you, make you football know, less fun. No, but that 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 we we are not, and I wouldn't be surprised if a memo goes out sometime soon about false starts because we are seeing a ton, a ton of stuff on social media about look at all these missed oh, yeah. false starts on these touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised at all if a memo goes out about that. But they definitely send a memo out about keep an eye on offensive holding. These are some examples of plays that were not called that were clear violations of the rules because every freaking officiating crew was calling offensive holding on run plays and just like the weirdest times just drive killers and i don't know if the nfl had that had anything in mind intention wise i just know that that's how it played out so and i will also say this i think you put something in my head there okay so like, it sounds like yeah. that sounds like the preseason then you know where, where are they all you know maybe this week they treated it uh, maybe I'm getting behind it, but I'm switching that up a little. You know how they called stuff like crazy in the preseason just to oh, set a precedent sure. to be like, for sure. Be like, hey, don't don't pull this shit. And then they backed off it once the season got through. Maybe maybe they will do this for a couple weeks, call holding really tightly like this, and get people thinking about it, so they don't have to pull it in the playoffs. That's entirely possible. Uh, okay, I like, I'll I'll go, like that one. I'll, that one actually makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I'll go a step back even and say. Like the NFL got lucky as shit. They made a concerted effort to try to make the game safer this year. And in doing so, they and they just so happened to do it in the same year that they had a whole influx of great young passers and healthy quarterbacks across the league. 
such that for the first eight, 10 weeks of the season, the games were fantastically interesting from an offensive Sorry, standpoint. Niners fans. Right? Except, yeah, Niners accepted. Right? And so I, I feel like they got lucky in that they changed the rules. And if, that, if they had done that in a year where they had terrible quarterback play, the games would have been unwatchable. Right. Like it would have just been like, good Lord, like every drive is being sustained by these terrible penalties. But instead it was like, you know, defenses changed the way they tackled a little bit. They were obviously there's much less intensity tackling over the middle just because people are afraid of getting penalty, you know, game changing penalties. And like it, but the games have been more entertaining. But I feel like after that, that uh, Rams Chiefs game, some freaking, you know, the league does a lot of things that don't end up benefiting themselves. And we could go on and on giving you examples of that. But like, I feel like some old assholes were like, you know, oh man, this, this game's, these games are too wide open. Like there's, you know, guys are holding all the time. You know, we got to start enforcing the rules a little better. And they were, you know, they were sending out these type of memos to try to get, you know, try to level the playing field, so to speak, because they realized like, hey, no one's keeping up with the Rams or the Chiefs come January. Like none of these teams are scoring 50 points in January except for these two teams. And we need some drama. Maybe maybe I'm completely make, making this up. And, you know, given that, Alex, you have a good bullshit detector for narratives. Am I like way out of bounds here? I, I don't I don't I don't know if you're right. I also don't want to say that you're wrong, though, either. I mean, it's become it's become virtually impossible to play defense at this point in the NFL. And I think it's not so I mean, a large part of it is scheme, but also a lot of it is penalties. I mean, as a defensive back, you can barely touch the wide receiver and the flag will come out immediately. And it's a spot foul. So, you know, you're looking at 20, 30, 40 yard uh, pass interference calls as a linebacker or safety. You know, if you're one of those old school thumpers and you lower your head to try and lay the wood to some guy, you're going to have a flag thrown on you that way. You know, if you're a defensive end and a defensive end or a pass rusher of some sort and you hit the quarterback too hard, you're going to have a flag thrown on you. So I can understand where they would want some balance um, in terms of potentially trying to level the playing field uh, a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go to the extent of, you know, saying, hey, you need, you know, you need to throw 10 holding penalties or you really need to crack down on holding because like Andy said, I mean, at a certain point when you're watching 20, 25 penalties, you know, penalty flags thrown a game, who's going to stick around and watch that? Right. right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm I'm flipping the red zone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It is, it it does bring up an interesting point about just how the NFL playoff works. As far as the other major sports, it's a one game playoff. (laughs) <laughs> if if you get the refs acting like you know, yeah. if you get if you get the right the right crew or the wrong crew, as you will, on the right or wrong day, and they are just flag happy on that sort of stuff, yeah. all of a sudden you know the Chiefs or Rams or Patriots, uh, you know one of the one of the premier teams against a half decent offense or a half decent defense rather, all of a sudden that that thing gets derailed in a hurry. So Dude, it I, happened in consecutive not that, I, weeks, not that, not that I, long ago. No, yeah, not that, not that I want to see like. Uh, that you know, a, a game decided by the refs, but uh, the, these things happen, dude. Do you remember uh, it's, Dallas it's, it's Detroit? Scary. It's scary. I give you the Sunday scaries if you're one of those teams fans. Oh, without a doubt. Do you remember Dallas Detroit oh, yeah. oh, a couple yeah. years ago and they picked up the flag inexplicably and Dallas got the win? And then the next week, yep. Dallas was in Green Bay and they uh, they called yep. the Des no catch. Did, did, Des, did Des catch it, Andy? Did he? <laughs> yes, he caught it. 
Of course he caught that. <laughs> of course he did. Yes. Anyway, uh, in, in this iteration of the NFL with the rule changes, he would actually have a catch. So go figure. Um, but uh, let's um, let me ask you the one more quick question. And then let's dive into these games uh, in. We've <laughs> always seen kind of how, the importance of coaching come to the playoffs. And as you look across the landscape of playoff contenders in the AFC, there stands only one team with a competent coach, and that's the New England Patriots. And is this too good to be true that you have this easy of a of a pick in the AFC that just there's one team with a good coach and they're going to end up being the team that wins out? I'll go with you first, Alex. Am I right about only being one good coach? I believe i mean yeah yes as far as game management the whole package game management x's and o's uh finding all of your tiniest edges and exploiting them there's no there's nobody there's nobody in the league that's close to bill belichick um as far as the whole package goes if if you're talking about a one game playoff uh where anything could happen and it's not always the best team that wins um I understand Andy Reid has had some playoff struggles, but that guy can still call an excellent football game uh, on the offensive end. And if he somehow goes up 40 to 20, it doesn't matter how crappy his end game, you know, end game clock management skills are, if he doesn't need to worry about it. Um, as far as the other coaches go, are, are you, are you trusting Anthony Lynn? Are you trusting Bill O'Brien? Are you, are you trusting uh, Mike Tomlin? That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> Yeah. Especially if you end up in Foxborough. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would. It's incredible. We could get the Patriots with their worst team in like a decade going back to the Super Bowl where they get mowed by whoever, whatever just bananas good offense comes out of the NFC. Uh, it feels like that's the way it's setting up at least. And maybe I'm wrong, but um, let's talk about the games. You guys ready to break some down? Sir. Oh, Why not? no. Thursday night football. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I mean, we have to talk about it because it's a prime time oh, game. But oh goodness! It's I got a story Mariota, for you guys. Mariota's you guys, not a, right. uh, Kessler, Mariota. Woof! You guys want you guys want a little story time? Um, so uh, what was it? 2016 October, late October 2016. I was running white hot in the NFL to that point, and. Um, and the Thursday night game was Titans Jags. It was an absolutely horrific uh, Jags team. Uh, was it? Uh, I can't remember who the coach was, but they had quit on him. It was whoever preceded um, Doug Marone. Doug Marone. If Andy, uh, while I'm telling the rest of the story, can you fill me in on who preceded Doug Marone? Um, anyway, uh, I liked the Jags were at home. They were playing Tennessee. They had had Tennessee's. You know, you know, number. It was a, supposed to be a god awful game. I think I had Jags minus three, and I had under forty four. And Tennessee came out, and Marcus Mariota just put on his finest performance as a rookie. He lit the Jags on fire, uh, and I think it was like twenty three or something at halftime. I mean, it was just utter. They utterly killed, uh, killed the <laughs> that Jags. That'd have been a malarkey. 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 That was here. who it was. Malarkey. Oh, God. It was pre-Gus Bradley. I was going to just oh say God. Gus Bradley blindly. Oh, it was I thought malarkey. it might have been Malarkey. They, malarkey. Um, and uh, wait, no, Malarkey no. wasn't the Tennessee coach? Wasn't Malarkey the Tennessee coach? No, it might have been Gus Bradley. No. Gus Bradley. Wasn't Gus Bradley the Jags if and Malarkey was, was Tennessee? What, what year are we talking? 2016. 2016. Gus Bradley. It had Gus to be Bradley. Malarkey. Okay. It was, malarkey was on the other For side s- of the ball. 
Um, yeah, anyway. Malarkey, oh, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I, I was like, what you were saying. I was like, this this game is such trash. I shouldn't even be betting it, but here we go. I'm just gonna bet the Jags. Sitting so. here naming off Hall of Fame coaches. <laughs> yes, that's right. And um, anyway, so the uh, the Tennessee lit 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 uh, Gus Bradley on. I mean, the Jags on fire in the first half, and the Jags defense looked like they quit so fucking hard. And I was like, oh, okay, so. There was all this speculation that they were going to fire Bradley. And I was like, okay, so the Jags defense literally is quitting to get Bradley fired. There's no freaking chance that they come back in this game. So I, I had preseason pregame positions on the Jags and I was like, those are dead. I'm just going to, and the, the live line wasn't t- keeping up fast enough with how, you know, with how great uh, Mariota was playing. So I'm just dumping, dumping money live on Tennessee. And I, most of it was in like the 20 range, right? Minus 20. I mean, this, I was on, I was fully, you know, like, oh, there's no chance that uh, Jags come back from this. They might not even come out of the locker room in the second half. They did come out of the locker room in the second half. They didn't make it a close game uh, until three minutes left and Garbage time Blake Bortles scored two touchdowns in the last three minutes to bury me and all of my fucking all of my Jags money. I mean, I was on I was on tilt so hard. I could not believe that I had even bet the game in the first place. And I was laughing at other people who were like game of the year on this Thursday night football game. I'm like, come on, don't be stupid. And here I dumped all this money live on Tennessee because I was sure that they had quit. Uh and uh in garbage time Blake Bortles buried me. So uh in honor of uh, that terrible uh reminder of you know not not uh not getting involved in awful games i'm gonna skip this one uh and even though i really thought there was a decent angle on tennessee in this game uh to come in and you know put themselves back in the uh in the playoff picture um you know jags had obviously played out of their minds last week beat the Colts six nothing this feels like a little bit of a letdown now they go on the road both um, teams played out of their minds though I that's mean, the Titans, point. Yeah, the Titans, good point. Titans had a pretty emotional, you know, a, a high, a, a, not great emotional point. necessarily, but a, a big comeback win too. So Huge it's hard comeback. to say where either team is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Cody Kessler impressed either of you guys? <laughs> no. Hell no. Right. Uh, anyway, oh, the, uh, no, the, uh, this, this, this is total bad. is ridiculously low. It's been bet down. Uh, there was some Tennessee oh, money that showed up for a hot second today. It and faded away. I thought that you know that was. And it's take the a time of year we don't even have action. I know. We don't have it's tough. We have, oh, there's, gonna, ba- there's basketball if that's your bag, but man, there's you're not gonna even be, a college you're gonna be game disappointed. to flip over to. You're going to be disappointed when you see what the fatigue factors look like for the NBA tomorrow. There's nothing good cracking. Um, so it's going to be a rough one tomorrow. We'll still do a periscope. We'll still look for a live play. But um, I guess I'll I'll pose this yeah, to Alex. Scope, Alex, scope plays are hot right now. Yeah. I'll be up in the woods tomorrow. Yeah, right on. Alex, can you say anything positive about Tennessee, Mariota, uh, Vrabel? Are they live for this uh, sixth wildcard spot? I think that they could be, but it seems pretty unlikely. Um, I was pretty down on the Vrabel hire at the beginning of the season, but as the season's gone on, he's done a few things that I thought were really uh, smart. And one of the things he did last week actually was he, he ended up purposely sending 12 players on the field uh, to take a penalty to stop the clock instead of burning a timeout on defense. Um, I thought that was pretty smart, but other than that, I, I, I you know, Thursday night home field advantage, I, it does matter more. Um, but I think also Thursday night favors the better team. And if you're looking at these teams and you're looking side by side, uh, net adjusted yards per play, Titans negative 0.2, Jags 0.1. Uh, 
success rates, uh, fairly similar. Uh, Titans offense, 44-7. Jags offense, 46-6. Uh, Titans, or Titans defense, 50.5. Jags defense, 44.5. I just don't know if you can definitively say that one of these teams is better than the other team. <laughs> so... I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. so I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're finding an edge based on that, but uh, to me, this game is, I mean, unless my buy price would probably be like a Jags five and a half Jags, maybe six, but it's not going to get there. So I would just have to pass. Yeah. Okay. Andy, uh, can we fade the Jags next season already? Uh, just watching Tom Coughlin giddy in the press box over a six, nothing win and seeing that his roster is constructed this way with these defensive contracts you know and players that are you know potentially overrated and all this draft capital invested in Leonard Fournette and the offensive line who can't stay healthy and no quarterback like is there anything that you know any any way the Jags turn this around next year or are they on the decline yeah they missed their window like they had their chance they had their one year of like Blake Bortles had his Joe Flacco year except they, they uh, fucked up the second half of the second to last game. Like I almost felt like the, the Jaguars would have won the Super Bowl if they'd have got that, if they wouldn't have just fully turtled in the second half. So yeah, that uh, I don't know if we'll ever see that Blake much like we've, we've never seen that Joe Flacco again. We might never, ever, ever see that Blake Bortles again. Obviously they they're Kesslering it. So <laughs> yeah, that, that team, that team is what, what do you think? I mean, boy, we've talked about this. Too much for a game we're not going to bet, but real quick, Jags team total next year. Yeah, the team total, okay, regular season win total. I think it's going to be around seven, seven, seven or eight. Even uh, people are going to expect that because they have I'd all those seven. talents on defense that they're going to bounce. Yeah, they'll back. have an easier schedule, I suppose. Yeah, their schedule has been seven and a half. Yeah. yeah, I'd want to know what they do at quarterback too, but yeah, I would for guess sure. probably seven and a half. Yeah. What right. can you what can you even do? They're gonna sign like James Winston or something. I mean, I really can't imagine what they're gonna do at quarterback. Yeah. Um maybe that works. Maybe James Winston works for Jacksonville. Um trade for Eli Manning. Trade for oh my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, Hire bring in Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator and trade for Eli Manning. Problem solved. Um some Joe, oh, get some Joe man. Flacco up in there. Oh man, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's move on to Sunday's games and let's start with the first in the rotation. Mr. Lamar Jackson heads to Kansas City to take on the offensive juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this game opened at eight and was summarily bet down to six and a half across the key number of seven. Uh, Alex, does this market move make any sense to you whatsoever? We had talked a little bit earlier about potential setups. This uh, this might be one of those potential setups just because of how quickly it crossed seven with with really little resistance, all things considered. Um, if I'm looking, I, I'm not a huge totals guy. If I'm looking anyway in this game, it might be an under 53. Uh, I don't think, you know, the Ravens got a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown last week. Um, other than that, I don't think their offense has been – It's in a lot of ways, it's actually been less successful under Jackson than it was under Flacco. But I think that he has the stigma of being an explosive player with you know the ability to move the ball on the ground, but I just don't see it. 
Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, um, I, I do think that the Ravens match up fairly well with Kansas City's offense, and I think that Kansas City has the potential to put this game away early. And if that's the case, Baltimore's offense can run on the Kansas City defense. We might see limited possessions, might see limited points. I love that call. You're speaking my language exactly. That is how I played this game. Andy, are you going to make it a three-way three on the under? Ooh, I don't know. I'm. I feel like that total is just about right. They've they've given up like ninety points combined the last two weeks. Like, eh, granted, the Rams, yeah, and Oakland had some garbage, but still, that defense that defense leaves a lot to be desired. And I, man, I th- I think they might start to open up the playbook a little as they continue to just figure out like we're not going to go with Flacco. Like they got to start opening it up a little for Lamar. So I'm I'm a little sketched out by that total. I I and and Baltimore's defense is good, but man, Kansas City's offense. It, what what has slowed them down? I'm looking at the schedule right now, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense that some of the Cardinals slowed them down. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Cardinals. Slowed, they go, the Cardinals were able to the game. Yeah, the Cardinals used David Johnson to shorten the game, actually. Um, and you know, I, and that's I mean, why I like I like yeah. your I like the narrative. Like if if they do if they do go heavy ground and pound, you could see it slide under fifty three. But and the way that defense plays, it could be getting out quick scores, getting the you know what you know what's bad about quick scores? It gets the ball right back in Mahomes' hands. So yeah, total stay away. I agree with Alex as far as it possibly being a setup play for somebody to come in heavy on KC late. Yeah, you know what else yeah, I mean, scores do from the Chiefs though is get the ball right back into the Ravens' offense hands, which is just going to run the ball and grind out clock though too. So you got to, right. I mean, you you do right. have to look at it in both ways. There's Plus, the Chiefs a, are getting Eric yeah. Berry. He's not back this week, but he's getting healthier. I mean, I guess Ooh. he is back, but I, I think he played last week. Uh, but he's getting getting healthier. Okay, so maybe there is a little bit uh, there to stymie Baltimore offensively, but I agree with you. They're, they literally, they can trot out the exact same game plan they just ran against the Falcons, uh, which produced an under and which was, uh, I mean, obviously the Falcons, you know, very, very, very much uh, less dynamic than Kansas City. Uh, but nonetheless, Kansas City trying to figure it out with the new running back. They probably, um, you know, aren't going to have, you know, as much success passing it over the middle to Kelsey as they did the last game against the Raiders. Uh, going from playing the Raiders defense, which is 32nd in the league, to the Ravens defense, which is third, is going to be an adjustment. Uh, and maybe there's a slow start. Maybe first half under is a decent look because maybe it may take a little time for Kansas City to find the soft well, spots in nice. the Ravens defense. Um, but I'm going to play the under in this one. That's my look here. Uh, and actually, I kind of, I kind of really like this look. That's it was the first bet I made this week. It's the only one that I'm really like have. I feel like you know, no matter if I'm right or wrong about Kansas City or Baltimore being, you know, Bal- basically, is Baltimore competitive in this game? I think the unders in play. Is Baltimore not competitive in this game? I think the unders in play. Like I don't see a game where Baltimore scores a bunch of garbage points if they're down three touchdowns. Like I don't think that there's going to be a get back and forth here of touchdown scoring that really drives this thing over. So give me under 53. That seems like a nice, nice, nice little look. And let's talk about Andrew Luck and the Colts bouncing back against the Houston Texans. I'm looking for it. I am looking for a Colts bounce back here. I think that this is where the Texans uh, magical nine win run comes to an end. I look at the way that these two teams played the first time around. The Colts were a much, much less 
um, effective team, especially on offense. Uh, they match up extremely well with the in the trenches against the the only strength of the Texans defense, which is their D line. Uh, Andrew Luck is going to be able to throw all days on day on these guys. Um, the overs probably, you know, the, the total 49 is probably a couple of points too low. Uh, but if you're going to give me four and a half here, this thing's been bet out to four and a half. I would have taken it at three and a half. I would have taken it at four. I love four and a half. Give me that anytime. I think Indy is a live dog here on the road. Uh, it took a wild, stupid call on the part of Frank Reich in his own territory in overtime, uh, to give Houston the win first time around. And even then it was only by three points. Andy. Are you with me on the Colts in this one, or am I going to suffer the same fate as everyone else who has faded the Houston Texans since week three? I don't think I'll be betting the Colts against the spread because I'll be betting the Colts money line. All right. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, No, I think, no, I think that they're very live, very live in this game. That was a very odd game. They put that just how that unfolded last week. Um, Yeah. Should be. Should be able to get the offense back on track. It is tough to go on the road. Houston's playing well, but uh, I don't know. You seem to see this. You don't want to be like, oh, they're due, but every team that uh, every team that goes on one of these nice streaks, I mean, ask the, ask the Saints. There's always a slip-up spot. And if anybody's, I mean, I want to look at all the quarterbacks they've played, I guess, over the streak. I like what Luck's been doing. Granted, it's it's a tough time to like say nice things about the Indianapolis offense right now, but I think this is a good spot for them. It should probably be closer. I'll probably play some on the spread and a little bit on the money line. Maybe I'll do one of those where I split it up. But I I love Indy right now this week. This is interesting. A, this is a good spot to get it done, get back in the race. Alex, can you make a case for the Texans or do you think we found the right side here? The Colts plus four and a half was my first and so far only bet of the week. Um, one of the things I kind of like to do is look at what the look ahead number is and then how that changes compared to the opener. And again, kind of see what, what would be driving that change. Well, the thing was, is that the Texans blew out the Browns at home and the Colts got embarrassed, I guess, by the Jags. Um, so you're seeing, I mean, that's, that's a, what caused the move off of from the look ahead of minus three. When I look at these two teams, I see teams that are, for the most part, uh, largely similar. Um, I think the Colts, you would have to give the Colts the nod on offense, and you'd have to give the Texans a nod on defense. But what really pushed me towards backing the Colts plus four and a half this week was looking at their red zone touchdown percentages. The Colts on offense, 65.9% touchdown percentage in the red zone. The Texans, 48.9%. So you're looking at, from the Colts, ninth in the league and the Texans, 25th. Okay, well, let's switch over to defense. The Indianapolis Colts are allowing only 50% touchdowns in the red zone, sixth. The Texans, 71%, allowing 71% touchdowns in the red zone on defense, 27th. So you're seeing a massive, massive disparity in red zone efficiency from these two teams. So if what I'm believing is if the Colts can move the ball, which I would expect them to, and they get into the red zone, I'm expecting to see touchdowns. Whereas if the Texans move the ball, I'm expecting to, to see more field goals. Um, I don't know if you guys are seeing kind of the same thing, but. I do like that. I do like that a lot, actually. That I, that adds up. That adds up to me. 
Uh, and the Texans, I even feel like over the last couple of weeks, they did it against the Browns and they did it against the, the Titans. They settled for some pretty conservative play calling as soon as they got into field goal range in the second half of those games. They've kind of been kind of snoozing a little uh, and granted a lot of it was because they were playing with healthy leads, uh, but they are lacking a little bit of killer instinct right now. Uh, and it is, it does feel like you could see Texans settle more for field goals and, and um, yeah, Andrew Luck should have an absolute field day throwing against the secondary. The uh, secondary for Houston is 100% their Achilles heel. And, um, you know, I look forward to uh, finding more opportunities beyond just this Colts game here uh, when they go up against elite quarterbacks down the stretch. Um, let's talk about uh, Carolina versus Cleveland. Cam Newton, bump shoulder. Uh, boy, oh boy, did uh, you know it, it looks like Esplin, I, but where's your crystal ball? <laughs> we okay, can we get can we take a little victory lap here? Can we take a little credit for this? Yeah. I really don't feel like a lot of people were on the Cam Newton hurt his shoulder during the Steelers game like we were, and not only has this you know been predictable with the fact that uh, you know they had a absolute piecemeal offensive line and Norv Turner calling plays and throwing Cam Newton into harm's way with the running football. Um, but you know, it, it was, it was only a matter of time until he took a, you know, an inopportune shot. We feel like it happened on Thursday night football against the Steelers and he hasn't been throwing the ball well since, uh, he's sitting out of practice this week. He did not look like himself against the bucks or the lions. Um, this to me feels like a nice spot where Cleveland can get a win. At first I saw this open as a pick and I was like, the hell? Really? A pick them? This is how far Carolina has fallen? But then the more you break it down, Cleveland matches up great with this team. They're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be at home. Uh, they want to get their season win total. They want to get some momentum going here. I don't know. I, they don't actually want to get their season win total, obviously, but but they want to uh, cruise. They want <laughs> that's to cruise always a more. big motivator for. It's always a big. All these guys have enormous tickets on their regular season win totals over. They want to cash, uh, obviously. Uh, and so, you know, I think this is a, this is a nice spot to back Baker Mayfield against a defense. He should have no trouble carving. Um, and, uh, I think we see a lot feistier effort than we did last week against Houston. Um, and, uh, yeah. Do you happen gonna... to know what the preseason line was on this one? Did you ever uh, have that? I don't know. I that. do I have it, but in the meantime, talks. I do, I do have it and I'll pull it up. But in the meantime, Andy, tell me, do you think Cleveland is a live dog in this one? I barely bet them on the money line. I'll spoil this price. Spoiler alert. No, I think for sure. Everything you just said, the Cam Newton injury, uh, McCaffrey's scary. If they want to just build a game plan around him, he is. They, they scheme properly for how he needs to be getting the ball in his hands. And if you can, if you can scheme misdirection and confusion and get him out in space, they can definitely move down the field, especially if Cam's healthy, which I think we're assuming he's not. So. Yeah, this could be a back-and-forth game where I think in a coin flip game like this, maybe a little less than a coin flip. I would think I would think Cleveland at home would be a good spot here. It seems like the coaching change, even though, you know, Greg Williams is a piece of shit, maybe. <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> yeah, I, maybe, maybe just any sort of change was because obviously Baker Mayfield wasn't a fan of Hugh Jackson. I, I mean that that didn't take long to figure that much out, I guess. So I think that uh, the change of uh, leadership there has kind of helped, even even if it isn't probably their long term answer. And people know that they're 
you know, the, the team, the organization, the players know that the, you know, the leadership is wanting to move out of the, the basement that they've lived in for the last two decades. So, right. I think, right. Uh, I think I, you don't want to go with the whole cliches, but like the, you know, the culture is changing or stuff, but it's not, it's not last year's Cleveland. This is a team that can win. This is, they've been, so even at the beginning of the year with Hugh, they were so close so many times. Like they, they are an absolute, not just, they're not a laugher. That's right. that's reserved for Cincinnati now. Right. The minute they stopped <laughs> tripping over their own dick, they started winning games. Uh, Cle- Cleveland was expected to be plus two and a half in this. Dra- spot they have pre-season. drafted well. They actually have dra- they've drafted pretty well. Like they they are a young team that might be good in a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Alex, are we uh, on the right track here with Cleveland, or do you think Carolina finally bounces back? Carolina's on a little bit of a tailspin here, right? Three, four losses, five losses in a row. They were six and two. Now they're six and six. So four losses in a row. So my, my, my first lean in this game was actually to the Panthers. Um, but as I began kind of digging in further, uh, one of the things I like to look at is success rate and the Cleveland success rate on the season. If you, you know, just, just look at it is 40, uh, 42.4%. But if you break that down from, uh, uh, the Hugh Jackson era now into the Freddie kitchens era, you were looking at roughly a 38.5% success rate under Hugh Jackson, 54.5 so far in a couple games under Freddie Kitchens. And yes, they have not played the toughest schedule of defenses, but that is a notable difference, um, which ended up getting me off the Panthers ultimately. Because of that, uh, then I started looking at other ways to attack this game. And the other thing that stood out to me was, again, going back to red zone touchdown percentage, Cleveland sixth in the league, Carolina seventh in the league. So when these teams get into the red zone, you're expecting to see touchdowns, um, which, uh, again, (laughs) I'm not the greatest guy with totals, but I would consider looking at an over 48 in this game. Yeah, I think both, both teams have the chance to move the ball, and I think both teams with their offensive success rates have a chance of putting the ball in the end zone. Yeah, I thought about that too. And in the end, I flipped. I had the over here queued, and I flipped to Cleveland money line at the last minute, thinking a little bit more about what the Cam and Newton injury means. Um, you know whether he's going to be. You know, you could see Cleveland defense be able to play pretty aggressively in this one if Cam Newton can't throw the ball down the field with uh, any kind of accuracy. Um, in which case, you could see. You know, a ton of drives shortened for uh, for Carolina, and Carolina might do a little bit extra running. Uh, to keep uh, some of the pressure off of uh, Cam Newton's shoulders, so to speak. So interesting, interesting, interesting. One of the reasons I initially <laughs> looked to the Panthers was because they were on the road last week and were minus three and a half at Tampa. Now, they're, again, they're on the road and they opened at, you know, pick them minus one against the Browns. Are, are we sure that there's that big of a difference between the Bucks and the Browns? I mean... We were talking a little bit earlier about how the, the, the value of offense is so much higher. Well, you know, between the Bucks and the Browns, who's got the better offense, and who do you think would be able to put up more points on the Panthers just at face value? That's that would be question. the only counter, yeah. the only counter argument I would have to uh, to betting the Browns. <laughs> okay, okay, that makes sense to me. I see what you're saying there. Um, let's move into uh, let's head up to your neck of the woods. Uh, and and dissect do play a little uh, uh, a little yeah we'll play a little uh, therapist uh, for Aaron Rodgers here uh, Green Bay Packers 
hosting the Atlanta Falcons, two teams expected to be, I think there are probably people out there who are like, I could see a, a Packers Falcons NFC championship game. And yet here we are on December 5th and they are both, uh, out of the playoff hunt. Um, can you dissect a little bit uh, what went wrong for Green Bay, Alex? And uh, to what degree Aaron Rodgers will use this game as an opportunity to remind people that Mike McCarthy, not himself, was the problem? I, I think anybody who uh, is, a, is a fan of football um, and a, is a smart person understands that Mike McCarthy is, is not the greatest X's and O's coach in the world. Uh, I think that's pretty evident by the lack of, you know, pre-snap pre-snap movement in their offense. Um, I think that's pretty evident by the fact that Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball outside of the hashes at 56%, uh, which is higher than any other quarter. An alarming rate, which is higher than anybody else in the league, which is kind of a signal that, you know, your X receiver go over there, your, your Y receiver go over there and run your routes and Aaron will try and throw you open. Um, and when he hurt his knee, it, you know, even if he is 5%, 10% less of, of less effective than peak Aaron Rodgers, I think you're really starting to see just how bland, just how boring, just how sad and pathetic Mike McCarthy's offense was. And, and to me, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think getting rid of him, that offense can't get any more boring. Um, so getting rid of him to me is only an upgrade. I like it. Uh, Andy, any, um, any chance we see Aaron Rodgers trying to make a statement in this game, hang 40 points on the, uh, on the terrible, terrible Falcons defense. Yeah, probably. He's probably in a good mood. I mean, the only thing better would be, I guess if California, had one of those earthquakes and his family fell into the ocean. But, uh, <laughs> man. Oh, terrible, man. terrible, terrible. No, well, he, he's a dark dude. I don't like him. Um, <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's an evil person. Aaron Rodgers has haunted me for years. He's really not only as a Vikings fan, but every time I've bet against him, he's really dicked me. So I enjoy this season. He's still one of the best, probably the best quarterback in the league at the moment. Like we've talked in some chats absolute dream job opening up for somebody because there's a few years of prime left. Um, yeah, this is rough for the Packers. They, they just didn't have the pieces around them this year. The league changed and McCarthy didn't keep up. I don't know if McCarthy was always an awful coach. I think he was probably middle of the pack and he just hasn't changed and adapted to the new league. And now he's gone. So that's, that's a good take. That, that was hurt. That hurt. Like he, they didn't. They didn't adapt. It's just like how we have to adapt every year with betting. You know, the NFL changes, and and the the, the people that can figure that out, like out in Los Angeles, and people in you know certain cities that uh, in the Kansas cities of the world, which God bless Andy Reid at his age, figuring out what he needed to do. Rob McCarthy didn't do that. Now he is unemployed. And then, sorry, Atlanta, you just everybody got hurt. That sucked. You know, yeah. You, well, when Greg Jennings comes out. When Greg Jennings comes out and says, this is the pretty much the exact same offense we were running when I was in Green Bay, that's, I mean, that's something to take note of. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. Yeah, not a no, good that, Yeah, to, to, my, to my point, it's just like, it seems like they're just, well, this has always worked. 
Oh yeah. gosh, remember that quote? That was yeah. a Suma thing. Well, this yeah. is the way we've always done it, and uh, so yeah. hopefully they, you know, maybe not hopefully for my my taste, but hopefully for Green Bay they can get some fresh uh, fresh blood in there, get a, <laughs> a young, maybe not even the head coach, but maybe maybe something you know offensive coordinator related or even a new QB coach, somebody with some fresh ideas, get this offense moving. Because you have a few more years, and then you got to figure it out again with quarterback. Uh, stay away game for me. I don't like a game after a firing like this. Who knows what what you're going to see? Like yeah. we can go with that there narrative is. that Rogers wants. Rogers wants to burn this to the ground, but he he still plays on the same team. There used to be a really profitable angle about backing teams after firing coaches, but I'm pretty certain the market has caught up to that at this point. Oh yeah, for sure. But even still, uh, the money has come in from what I've seen on Atlanta. At least the openers were like around seven. Pinnacle opened at six. It's still at six, I guess. I'm not necessarily advocating advocating laying six because I look on the other side and I see an Atlanta team uh, that finally gets to face a defense that they should be able to make some progress against. This Atlanta team should be able to eat this secondary alive. I could see Atlanta getting into the 20s, healthy 20s without much effort here. And I could see Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers trying to send a message that he's not the problem, that he can still throw, he can still make all the passes. And with a little bit of a, you know, a bump from the fact that McCarthy got fired, I would like, I would like to see a game and like 30, 28, you know, or 31, 28 or something like that. And I was expecting to see a total in kind of the mid fifties. You see this opened at 47 and a half. Uh, it's been bet up to 50. I still like over 50. Uh, sad I missed 47 and a half, though. That's for damn sure. Um, I know there's a little bit of threat of wind and weather in Green Bay. And I know it's Green Bay in December and betting it over there is questionable. But hey, there are actually there are actually anecdotal games where you have Atlanta up in um, up in the tundra. Uh, in the in the winter, and they uh, they put up some points. So uh, there is precedent for this. I like an over. I like a, a high scoring game here. Um, I wouldn't shy anyone away from backing the Packers under a touchdown here because I do think you see, you know, they're one of their better efforts to date on offense in this game. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's get uh, let's get a whole let's get a whole bushel load of points, huh? Um, we'll talk about what to do. Uh, in the off season, we'll have you back, Alex, and talk about where Green Bay goes from here, who they should hire, et cetera. Curious your thoughts on that. Uh, but let's move down and talk about Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Drew Brees coming off of his first loss since week one, heading down to Tampa Bay. A lot of people think that this is a chance for them to kind of get some of the de- exercise, some of the demons. Uh, this is road game two of three in a row for New Orleans. This is their toughest little road stretch. Dallas, Tampa, Carolina, all three on the road. Uh, they are laying eight points on the road. That's an awful lot, uh, but you can make an argument with Tampa Bay coming off of uh, a huge divisional win uh, that they may you know, have some sort of motivational letdown a little bit. Uh, you can make an argument that there is no one anywhere on the Tampa Bay defensive side of the football that stands a chance at making a play against anyone on the Drew Brees side of the football. Um, but I will argue that we, we see a little bit of a, a tighter game here. I think the threat of wind here is even more significant than in Green Bay. Weirdly, the two Florida games this week have some of the highest wind forecasts that we've seen to this point in the season. Uh, And, you know, Drew Brees outside and the wind has not historically has not done particularly well. Add to that, Michael Thomas looks a little bit banged up. This feels like an underspot for me. And I can't believe I'm saying that about an NFC South matchup. Uh, but uh, 55 and a half in a windy game, New Orleans. Yeah, defense what happens? Points per game, bud. 
I know it went, that went away quickly, man. That went up in smoke quickly. Uh, I still think Tampa Carolina was an over game last week. It was just roughed poorly and they kept it under, but, uh, all that said, uh, I think this game is contested. You know, I think this game is contested where the winner scores 28, 30-ish points, and Tampa Bay, I'm guessing, is going to be stifled by a an angry, a hungry, arrested New Orleans defense. New Orleans coming off Thursday night football, a couple extra days rest. I think they put a, put a beating on the Bucks here uh, defensively, and I think under 55 is my look. Andy, anything here for you? Well, we teasing. Oh, we teasing. You're teasing the road favorite, huh? This is a beautiful tea spot for them. They're not. I know it's game. road, road favorite. Road, you're break, yeah. road you're breaking the favorites. Road, <laughs> road favorites. Well, technically, well, that's just the 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 Wong update. the The old school Wong was just anything in the numbers. And, and yeah, I don't love road favorites with a teaser, but boy, talk me out of this somehow. Tell me how Tampa Bay wins this game. This is New Orleans bounce back, the bounce back narrative. Breeze isn't going to have another bad game. Tampa Bay, um, you know, Derwin James isn't walking through that door. Should have been, but <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that all year long. Boy, boy, Jair they Alexander isn't walking sword. through that door. Derwin Jair, James oh, isn't walking that was, in through that door. Derwin James oh was in my that, that was my mock. He was, I think, he was supposed to go to Tampa in my mock. He's yeah, he looking was. good, but yeah, if, it, if it's in that, if it's in that seven and a half, eight, eight and a half on Sunday, yeah, it's getting teased. I like it. Alex is uh, not, not interested you, in laying all the points. Yeah, Alex, how you, you approaching this one, or are you staying far away? I am staying far away. You couldn't. I mean, I think that Saints number off a of bye, uh, off of getting embarrassed on that Thursday night. I'm not. I'm not getting in the way of the uh, the Drew Brees, the Sean uh, Sean Payton Saints uh, freight train. That's for that's for damn sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you think that they were rightfully losers against Dallas? Just out of curiosity. You thought they uh, thought, deserved to lose that game? Um. I thought that Dallas's defense played just about as well of a game as you can play in 2018 uh, football from the defensive side. And I still thought that the Saints <laughs> offense helped, helped them out uh, quite a bit. I mean, that's, yeah. I think that was, that's, that was a fluke. I would not look any further into it than just Saints had an off game coupled with a solid defensive performance um, from from a team with a pretty solid defense that matches up fairly well. Uh, I, yeah, they played I that game. Agree. They played that game again. It's going to look completely different. Yeah, I completely agree. I wish that the futures market had overreacted a little bit, and I could have scooped a little bit more New Orleans future money into my stack because I think this is their. I think this is their Super Bowl to lose. To be honest, I think yeah. this is it. Um, anyway, let's move down and talk about uh, Jets Bills. Uh, or not. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Looks like he's getting the start. Josh Allen. Ooh, a battle of rookies in December in Buffalo in cold weather. How about we not bet this one? What do you say, Andy? <laughs> yeah, this is up. Uh, how about we don't even watch it? How about we don't even acknowledge its existence? <laughs> what game are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what game you're talking about. Wonder- this, We're talking uh, about the game first, where the yeah, bookmakers, the bookmakers, the, book the, makers, of the yeah. NFC or AFC East basement. Yeah, stay away. It's it's probably an underlook, if anything. Yeah, Although yeah. Buffalo's offense has been a little friskier. 
I'm going to grab a fresh one really quick. Give me like 30 seconds and I'll be right back. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> this is a good time to skip. Uh, the uh, They just cut their receivers. Cut their- yeah. Kelvin Benjamin just got uh, axed. Um, anyway, uh, he went to go get a Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin. Honestly, yeah. Somebody retweeted that from the beginning of the year where it's like Josh Allen, hey, do you want to work on routes? Kelvin Benjamin, nope. Just nope. like that guy, you, he uh, did not it's care. amazing. Like I, I've seen in different aspects of my life, maybe not even people that worked for me or with me, you know, out in the world. I've seen a lot of lazy people, but man, if you're going to be in the NFL, you're getting paid to play a children's game. Like that's that's got to be so awesome to to go do. It. And then you're just so lazy that you can't even stand a team. Like he got fat. He didn't try like just try try a little bit you would have stayed you could have stayed yeah. on the team and got paid a lot of money to just run and catch footballs yeah my god what a piece yeah. of work so let's go to the yeah let's go to the other afc east game yeah the other the other game which is in a the, teaser the leg that will AFC not be least. making my card oh really okay so you're not you're not going I'm, saints past, last year, uh, last year road favorite oh. tease down to basically a money line interesting just oh, because, year, just, just because of still the so deep into my head. Okay, interesting. Um, Tampa, I mean, sorry, New England uh, heads to Miami. Another game where we're expecting some pretty hellacious uh, wind conditions. Uh, I'm gonna probably no. I already did. I already played the under on this one. Um, I think that the uh, the Patriots defense looks damn impressive. I think Miami did not show us anything last week against the Bills to suggest that they're going to be able to put up more than twenty. 21 points in this game. I think they're going to be stifled uh, field goals. Field goals are going to be tough to convert to because it's going to be so windy. This might end 28-7, 21-7. It's tough to say, um, you know, by how much I think Patriots win in this game. But this this year does not feel like the type of year where the the, um, Dolphins step up and have a Super Bowl-esque performance. Um, to a degree, I feel I feel that way because they don't. Their season's not over, right? They're they are still in the hunt for a wild card. So you know they they don't really serve anything by unloading every freaking trick play in their book to get this win. Like they can win some of their other easier games down the stretch and still be feisty for a wild card. I feel like, uh, and so I think they're going to try to come out and go punch for punch with the Patriots, and they're not going to land any punches. Um, under for me in this one, 47. But uh, if you were to make a strong case to take the points with the Dolphins, I would listen. I just am not going to line up to fade Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in December, even if it's in the heat and humidity in Miami. Uh, Alex, you got any thoughts on Pat's Dolphins? Well, the Dolphins, they won last week, but they certainly didn't put up a very great performance. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, they were out or outgained by almost like 250 yards or something absurd and still managed to pull off that game. Um, it be, could affect the perception of them this week. As far as you were saying, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I just don't see the Patriots have more important games uh, to be played. You know, they just played Sunday night. They're not, they're not looking to, to tip, tip their hand and run out their best, uh, run out their best game plan. I, I'm, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm looking, I'm thinking it's a seven point win Patriots, but I'm going to guess that that's uh, probably a more comfortable seven point win than, than 
than you'd expect, I guess. Gotcha. No, that makes total sense. Okay. Um, let's keep cranking down. I don't have any other specific notes on that game. Uh, Rams are playing. Oh, uh, let's, bringing, let's, save I think let's save that. Let's save that. I've heard they're bringing in Forrester. Chris Forrester might be doing a pregame speech. Oh, really? I don't. I don't. No, believe that. dude, that's the, that's that. the co-coach. Oh, okay. Javian uh, Howard out for the Dolphins as well, too. They're oh, is that confirmed? Yeah, that, that, is that confirmed? Yeah, is that? Yes. No, that it seems like, likely out as far as. Oh, that doesn't help my. That doesn't help my under. Um, this feels. This does feel like the kind of game though where they put uh, Gronk in bubble wrap though, doesn't it? Like there's oh, yeah. really no reason yeah. to put Gronk in harm's way in this game whatsoever. It kind of feels like the kind of game where you old. get a healthy dose of Sony Sonny Michelle and a healthy dose of uh, Rex Burkhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this is probably the game where people are like, "Oh yeah, Rex Burkhead's on the Patriots." Um, anyway, I think there's going to be a lot of Patriots success on the ground and success for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Patriots defense really playing with some swagger. I underrated that unit coming into the season. They've come together pretty well. Uh, even without their amazing defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, who's in Detroit. How about that? Um, let's he's get a rocket uh, scientist. Did you know that? He's a rocket scientist. Uh, I'm going to move uh, Rams. No, I didn't know that. I'm going to move Rams Chicago <laughs> down to the bottom of the card since it's the primetime game. Let's talk real quickly about Giants versus the Washington Redskins, who are heading into this game with undecided at quarterback. Are we really serious that they're considering bringing in a guy this soon to the game and starting him? I mean, they're going to go with Sanchez, aren't they, Andy? Hey, what's it say? We it's undecided, but it's I, almost certainly. It's yeah, Sanchez. I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think you can do anything except go with Sanchez. I don't know. I don't know if it matters. It's not like that's true. He had a couple nice moments. That was an ugly game. That was an ugly second half. I'm glad we at least at least got the scope play. Uh, Washington's a little shorter week. Eli Manning, hopefully a shorter career. <laughs> uh, probably no play here. This total, this total feels right. Um, yeah, I was hoping uh, it would be a 45 If I had to lean, I'd lean Giants. Yeah. If there's if there's any steam, if the steam comes in on Washington again, I'll take Giants minus three. They, yeah. They're a better team. I don't. They're, they're a shitty team, but they're a better shitty team. And <laughs> they're. But I've, I mean, flip it around. Would you? So nine point favorites on the at home. Uh, God, that's a Woof. lot, isn't it? Woof. Yeah. Whoa, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds like a lot. I'm going uh, to need to look at some numbers. Yikes, man. Three and a half um, at home. I mean, I know they're trotting Mark Sanchez out there, but three and a half at home does feel a little generous. Uh, I would I would, I would, suspect that this game probably closes three. Um, I do remember uh, Rufus Peabody, who is a guy that I, I respect. I know there's maybe a little bit of controversy around him. He was talking no, earlier. There's no week. controversy. If there's controversy around him, okay. it's that people, it's that RG people don't like him. A-hole, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Go. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, well, ahead. no, no, no. Anyway, I remember him talking earlier this week about how uh, he suspects that there's going to be value on the Redskins, uh, even with Mark, Sanche- Mark Sanchez starting, mostly because his model is going to look at the fact that Mark Sanchez has a track record um, and overvalue him just based on that. And if he's saying that, I would suspect a lot of other guys that model games and are sharp and professional betters uh, with models are probably going to be seeing the same thing. So if you know if he's seeing some value, uh, whether it's actual value or perceived value on the Redskins, I, I would guess this number probably trends back trends back towards three. 
I bet you it stays where it is, and I bet you they take gobs of public money on Giants minus three and a half because people assume Sanchez is going to suck. Um, and I will go even a step farther and say that uh, the math guys are probably right. Washington's probably the right side here with the whole week to prepare for San- with Sanchez. Gruden can coach him up and get him, you know, get him a set of plays that keeps the the Redskins in this game. Um, you know, it was it's a totally different thing throwing a guy in at halftime. You know, versus you know having a whole week to prepare for an opponent you're very familiar with. Um, Giants can be attacked. Um, we saw Chase Daniel score whatever you know twenty something points against them. 10, 10 points down the stretch when he absolutely needed to. Uh, no, no reason Sanchez couldn't can't keep the the Redskins in this game. So they're probably the right side. But under no circumstances am I walking to the window and putting money down uh, on the Washington team at this point in the season. No, thank you. It, um, it's Chris. It's Christmas. Donate that money to a good cause. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Put it in the Salvation Army bucket at, uh, at, the, at the Jerry World. Bankroll Don't, challenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Always good helping call. out the needy, Andy. Good call. Good call. Um, let's uh, let's talk about Denver, San Francisco for again another game. Team I don't have balls. a play on. Uh, we heard that uh, poor Emmanuel Sanders. Good guy. Towards ACL, oh, yeah, I mean, his, uh, his Achilles say that sucks. Uh, Denver was catching a little bit of a uh, momentum. Their younger guys are starting to, to, to really, really provide contributions. They finally hit on some rookies. And oh, by the way, yes. they got Philip uh, Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. Guy looks as you know, is, is looks like the number clear number two rookie. Uh, out of this class, and he was an undrafted free agent. So good job uh, to everyone who, in dra- who invested first round draft capital in running backs. You could have gotten Philip Lindsay in the seventh or on you know whatever round you wanted. Um, you got uh, any feel on this one, Andy? Or are you going to skip this one with me? Yeah, it's a skipper. A couple quarterbacks can't quite put my finger on. I liked what Denver was doing. Boy, that's a big blow to the offense. It might Huge. be an under yeah. game because it, it, it might turn into a bit of an under game with San Francisco's offense not doing a ton since the first big Dick McMullins game. And then, you know, see what Denver's offense is after. If you late the season, no Demarius, no uh, Emmanuel. I guess you got you got the young guy, you got the running back, and you get some tight ends, which are name me some Denver tight ends. Yikes. Uh <laughs> Virgil Green? <laughs> no, I, yeah. uh Jake Butt. Jake yeah. Butt's on, yeah. on exactly. uh, no, I don't I Jake don't know. Butts hurt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, exa- uh, exactly. They don't really have tight ends. Yeah, Alex, I know that we were seeing Denver, uh, you know, have a little bit of late season momentum. I don't consider them any way, shape or form contenders to make a playoff spot, let alone do anything in the playoffs. Um, In fact, it's kind of like ludicrous that they're even, you know, in this position. Uh, And it's kind of ludicrous that they're expected to lay five and a half to four points on the road. Uh, I think this line moved in the correct direction. Um, Is there still value on San Francisco at four? I am still looking at San Francisco in this spot. Um, I, I, man, Nick Mullins after that first game has been something else. Uh, but surprisingly, their their adjusted yards per play, which takes into account strength of schedule, has actually not been too bad. Uh, they are uh, positive uh, 0.2 yards per play with Nick Mullins as a quarterback. How? I, I don't know. They're moving the ball, but they're not scoring points, I guess. Um, something else to look at, uh, the 49ers, negative 20 in turnover differential, 
which if you are a believer that turnovers are largely random, you would expect some positive regression from that. Maybe some of those interceptions that got thrown in the red zone end up being converted into points. Um, I'm if this number drifts back towards five, or if, if there's a book out there where you can get five or five and a half, I think that would be my target buy price for sure. Oh, okay. Good, good tip, man. I dig that. How about under any thoughts on the under? I'm surprised this has gone up from 44 to 45 and a half. That is a complete, uh, head scratcher to me. Uh, I know you're not a totals guy. Andy, are you surprised it goes up? Why did it, why did it go up one and a half points off of a key number like 44? Who's betting the over in this game? <laughs> what am I, who is doing this? And why is this one of the most bet games of the week? What the hell? What is going on? People take account on people this have to be. What is going on? People, people have to be expecting some positive, uh, some some positive uh, regression from the 49ers as far as points go. They've outgained their opponents this season by 174 yards. It, it's just not converting to points, and at some point, you would expect that to change. It seems like every week uh, there there are influential people that are backing the Niners on some level. I mean, maybe that's what you're seeing with the total is they're expecting at some point a breakout performance where they're going to put up, you know, 26 points. Interesting. I could see that. Okay. 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 That makes sense to me. Um, Although, you know what? I bet you. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. All right. Let's, let's take a step back on the uh, Niners uh, yardage differential. Uh, That includes the one game sample where they outgained the Raiders by like 600 yards, right? Uh, yeah, and it also yeah. <laughs> you I take mean, that one out. <laughs> no, I, it, it, it wasn't, it it wasn't is, a six hundred yard difference. No, no, no. It was I a, know it was a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it, it is a face value stat. I I totally understand that, but it I mean it 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 does kind of tell a little bit of the bigger picture of like this this team it has the ability to move the ball. It it's just, true. That it's for a great whatever, point. For whatever that reason, is that point. is not converting. You know, converting to points. That is a great point. Okay. Well, I'm going to steer clear. I'm apparently the only better who bets a sh- who bets a ton who's betting early who's not betting this game. So we'll s- <laughs> if you choose to steer clear of it with me, uh, then uh, you know, then cheers to us. Uh, another one I'm steering clear of is uh, the Chargers who are laying 14 <laughs> points in you know again actually maybe another this is weird this may be another game where they kind of have a home field advantage. We saw it against the Cardinals, where there really were no Cardinals fans in attendance. I don't know that there's going to be a ton of Bengals fans here. I don't know any Bengals fans in L.A. Uh, this might be a Chargers game. The Chargers just beat the Steelers in prime time. They might have a little bit of uh, momentum. People are, might be a little bit excited about uh, uh, this football game, uh, especially, you know, there's not a lot of college football going on right now. Basketball's in the, uh, you know is far from the interesting part of the season. So maybe people will show up and support the Chargers here. Uh, all that said, uh, laying 14 points with Anthony Lynn is putting your life in your hands. Um, any any angle on this one that presents itself to you, Andy? Yeah, Chargers money line. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, I, who who blows who blows a uh, who blows a a Chargers Saints uh, Chiefs parlay? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's do uh, uh, let's do Steelers. Who blows a, a Steelers Chargers uh, Saints parlay? Because that probably pays even money. Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> They're blowing it tonight. That's for damn sure. By the way, see Steph Curry yeah, that's, scored uh, like forty-two I'd... points. Oh anyway. boy, that's probably not even money, is it? 
Uh, it's going to no be darn close. Be, it's going to be super be like close. Minus 140. No, really? Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah, I guess you got two 14-point favorites. Okay, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah, anyway. It'd be 150, but no, those teams are going to win. If you like yourself a big old sweetheart teaser, maybe maybe the old 10-point teaser on the Chargers, they're going to win. They'll get their points. Uh, what's Oh, man, Chargers team totals can be like 24 plus uh, 31. Jesus. <laughs> Cincinnati might not do much yet. Cincinnati... Chargers team total 30 and a half. 30 and a half. Yeah, 17 and 30 and a half. Yeah. Nothing really interesting. Let's move to the the Stafford Rosen game. Well, I guess, I I guess, um, uh, Alex, I'm not sure whether you know this or not, but Andy put a pretty fascinating bet in in the preseason that I think has a ton of life. And it is Saints Chargers Super Bowl. Uh, can you lay out a path for the Chargers to get there? What do they have to do? Yeah, yeah, their offense goes nuts in the playoffs, and Anthony Lynn being Anthony Lynn, just you don't have to worry about him doing stupid stuff, I guess. <laughs> Philip Rivers goes out there, throws four touchdowns in the first half, and they can put it in cruise control. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I you know, like we talked about earlier. I don't. I'm not trusting Anthony Lynn in the playoffs. But if you somehow manage to take him out of the games and his coaching out of the games, that's that would be a <laughs> that would be about the only way I could see it. Okay, Andy. Uh, Chargers are Chargers, a great team. Char- Chargers are going to get the five seed unless something insane happens with the Chiefs. Uh, can you convince me that the Chargers go back to Heinz Field in the wild card round and win the four five matchup, which would then send them to Kansas City probably. Yeah, I guess Pittsburgh doesn't have a history of losing in the same team twice in the same year. <laughs> yeah. By giving up well, that was a little bit of ref this. Um that is but you know, we talked I want to sidebar. We talked about AFC coaches, obviously Belichick with a bullet. Let's assume, I mean, who do you want to put in the sixth seed? Put in the uh, Colts or the Ravens? I'll put, I'm, I want to put the Colts there for entertainment purposes, but uh, actually, I'll take I take that back. If it's uh, if the Texans are the three seed, then I want the Ravens. Let's put the Ravens in. I don't want to see. I think they Texans have the better team. shot. Rank rank the other five coaches. <sighs> Harbaugh it's be, one. I, I'm putting Reed second. I'm putting. I'm putting yeah, Reed, Harbaugh I'm putting Reed. one. Reed two. Yeah. Okay. I'm play. Okay. Okay. Wait. Wait. wait now. In terms of like actual coaches to get you know over the playoff the coach arc, the arc of a season, Reed clearly number one. Let's go playoff. In terms coach. of like who I yeah, have confidence in to call coaches. a playoff game, I'm putting Harbaugh one. I'm putting Reed two. I'll put uh, I'll put Tomlin three. I'll put Bill O'Brien four and Lynn five. I think Lynn is the is the is the bottom feeder of the six coaches and, who make the AFC playoffs. And, I just threw up listening. I didn't know how the middle would go, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys are going. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how. Yeah. In January. Dude. Yeah, wait, I wait. wasn't. Here's, that's that's where I was going with this. I wasn't sure how the middle would go, but I knew you were going to put Anthony Lynn last, and that's what scares me about any sort of Chargers exposure. He's yeah. rough. They, yeah. they, they didn't so, hire well. Joking aside, the Chargers are an excellent team. They have a veteran quarterback who can, you know, is 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 a stud. Uh, he's playing his best football, uh, arguably of his career. They have, uh, you know, two running backs who are are valuable pieces um, for as valuable as running backs can be. They've got excellent weapons on the outside. 
they're, you know, their, their front, what are they? They run a three, four, their front three, their two pass rushers, their edge rushers are both excellent. The back end of their defense has played well. They're a great team uh, and they might win games despite the fact that they might also have the worst coach in the league. So, uh, I mean, they don't, they do themselves a disservice having him, but I think the rest of the team just makes up as far as, you know, their talent goes. So, yeah. Hey, we saw the, uh, who did the Broncos win when they, when, uh, with Manning was, uh, at the very tail end of his prime, uh, who was, who was Tim that? With? No, it wasn't Fox. Tim it was Fox. the guy that was after him. <laughs> it was the guy from that played at Houston, Gary something, right? Um, dude, oh. my brain not working with coach old oh. coaches right now. Anyway, that guy wasn't very good. <laughs> that was all I was going to say. I can see Apologies. That guy wasn't very good. So, you know, it, it, there's precedent that you can make uh, two Gary Super Kubiak? Bowls. Gary Kubiak? Gary Thank you. Thank you. Gary Kubiak. Oh, he made two Super Bowls with the uh, Broncos? Or was John Fox the first one? I think Fox was the first one and Kubiak was the second one. Cubes. Um, yeah, so there's precedent that you can get to the Super Bowl with an absolutely horrendous uh, head coach in the AFC if you have a generational quarterback. So I could see it. Okay. Uh, good stuff, man. I like that. This is good. That was a good little sidebar there. Let's talk or not about Detroit, Arizona, uh, Stafford in a worthless year in uh, a terrible team heading to the desert to play Rosen. Who the hell knows if he's good or not? They're, you know, to the they're degree that squirrely. Arizona's yeah, kind of squirrely. They're kind of squirrely, but they're just coming off of their Super Bowl yeah, be- against the Packers that just, they just killed a coach. Uh, I don't see that uh, you're going to get anywhere near the same motivational effort out of the Arizona Cardinals in this one. So this was an easy stay away. You agree with me, Alex? I, I mean, if that, if Cardinals fall below three, I would maybe consider getting them into, into a tease, but it's, I mean, at, at looking at this at first glance, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that interested in playing them, you know, ATS, maybe a tease, but you'd have to talk me into that too. Yeah, that, that all makes total sense to me. Um, I, I also especially don't um, have, you know, you, the, the, the numbers do not bear out. Arizona as being competitive NFL team whatsoever uh, that I would have a tough time, um, you know, backing them with this few points, even at home uh, against any team, even, uh, even the Detroit Lions. So uh, Andy, you're going to stay away from this one. Yeah. Just like, uh, just like he said, it's a possible tease angle, but I also have to like, just because it falls into a long number doesn't make it an automatic. You still have <laughs> to agree with it. And part part of the deal is I like to have a a semi coherent head coach quarterback combo, and I'm not sure we're quite there near Arizona. So probably just a finding a finding a partner for that tease could be difficult too this week. There's really not a ton of decent legs. There's you know if they you know the Cardinals if they fall below three would be a viable leg. The Browns are really Browns. Browns are the only other viable leg Browns. I can think of at current numbers. Browns and Saints is the tease that sticks out to me. But Andy yeah. is much better at this than I am, so he will tell you what the winning teaser is this week. Um, let's talk about. Uh, I, won't, I won't. Won't till Sunday. I won't, you won't till Sunday, but you will tell I us. Yeah, your teasers. This I'm. I haven't been keeping close track, and I'm sure you can tell me the actual record. I feel like they're like, what, thirteen and one, <laughs> twelve and two, something. Like that. Oh no, we've only had we've only had I thirteen. Wish so tw- twelve and one, twelve and one. What? Are, what? Are they? Realistically, are you like nine? I think nine I've and lost three now. 
Nine and two. Okay. If you played a teaser every week, I'm gonna, you played at least one. Right? Okay. All right. All right. Get, fill us no, in by the end. More interesting game here. Philadelphia, Dallas. We have uh, a rematch of a game we saw not too long ago on Sunday Night Football. This is the situational matchup that I've been waiting for all season, and I'm not taking advantage of it. Uh, you have Philly coming off of a short week, having played on Monday Night Football, going up against Dallas, who is coming off of extra rest from Thursday Night Football. Huge rest mismatch at this point in the season should make a huge difference in the game but uh the books were on to us they laid they opened this one minus four and a half we were expecting in the preseason to see a look ahead along the lines of about dallas plus one to minus one range even as recently as last week we were expecting to see pretty much a pick em kind of a game um philadelphia even though they went scorched earth on the redskins is not getting a ton of credit for that the dallas win uh against the um the Dallas win against the uh, uh, Saints is being kind of be built into this number, probably because there's probably a hell of a lot of Dallas fans out there with money line money that they're that they're running back to the window to back Dallas this week. That's got to be my guess, at least. Um, let's talk about uh, Dallas's third straight week at home. The fact that they've covered the first two, the fact that there have got to be free points in this number. Alex, does that make you want to back Philly in this spot? It kind of does. Uh, the rest disparity you were talking about does concern me. Um, you know, getting those those extra co- if, if you're a, th- a team that plays on Thursday and getting those extra couple days this late in the season, uh, it, it, I mean, I think it matters. You know, these guys are beat up, and particularly the Cowboys, they played Thursday to Thursday, so they, uh, you know, that wasn't even necessarily an actual. You know, they had a full week's rest in between those games. Um, something else to consider with that as well. But I, I you know, I don't know the, the Phillies defense really struggles against the rush. The Cowboys are going to, you know, as they do all the time, they're going to really going to want to pound the rock. I, I don't think the Cowboys can exploit the Eagles secondary uh, injuries and issues. So to me, it's really just a, a question of can the Eagles slow down uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys rushing attack. Hmm. Randy, uh, before I tell you what I actually bet in this game, do you have a guess? Mm, Dallas team total over. Ooh. Close. I bet the full game over. Uh, I'm yeah. on over 40. I made this game 47. Well, Dallas, this, Dallas, we are Dallas sitting, 24 points. Give me Dallas yeah. 24 points. There yeah. We go. I made this game 47. I'm seeing a 24-23 kind of a game. I don't know why this opened at 43. I don't know why Philly's defense has been bad this season. They've been especially bad on the road. We've already seen what Dallas can do against this defense once they scored 27 points on them in the link. Dallas is going to get theirs in this game. And uh, Philly, I think, is an opponent that can go toe-to-toe with this team, uh, put points on the board against the Dallas defense that is pretty damn good. Uh, this one looks like a no-doubt over to me. Any Interest in joining me on the over 43. Pass. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's going to be a fun I can't, game. Right? I, I hope okay. so. I just can't ignore the fact that, that Dallas's offense looked completely inept for the first half of the season before stringing together two decent games. And then again, looking completely inept against the saints. I just don't, I don't know. I, I can't ignore the, those prior games. Uh, for they left, um, they left about fourteen points on the field against the Saints, and I know because I was did. keeping track of every point very carefully. 
<laughs> there was a lot of points left on that field. Um, okay, so so broader question: uh, Does Dallas win the NFC East, Andy? And do they do it on Sunday? Yeah, the winner of this game probably takes it, don't they? Unless it's Philly. Well, if Philly, no, a hundred percent agreed. The winner I takes it unless it's Philly. Yes, yeah. that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. No, if, da- if Dallas, <laughs> if Dallas wins, is chokehold on the East, which would be wild for them. The way the season started. Do you remember when Dallas and the Texans were combined one and five to start the season? Unreal, unreal. Things yeah. things really shook up in Texas, dude. And weirdly, but yeah, Dallas it's, left a, some it's a big wins game. On the field. The Dallas could have won that game against the Texans. Oh, they they, they, they they left a couple wins out there. They could have won that game against the. Uh, the Redskins, the first game that they lost 20 to 17, they left at least two wins out there. They could have comfortably coasted to an NFC East title. Yet this game is kind of the deciding game. This is their third game in a row at home. There may be a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of we've been home for too long, lose a little bit of our edge. No, is this a stupid narrative? Blase. Yeah. Is that a thing? I've yeah. seen stats on that. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't know weirdly, what they are, but I weirdly like there so- are. This is strange. There are three teams this week that are at home for the third straight week that covered their previous two games: Houston, Tampa, and Dallas. So on Sunday night, I look forward to recapping the fact that I only bet against one of those teams, and that was the one that won. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Pittsburgh and Oakland, or not? Uh, Pittsburgh bounce back here, Andy. Do they score 60 points? Yeah, it's the fucking defense? <laughs> Over under team total. I I mean, what's the, team, the team total for Pittsburgh is going to be in the 30s. Is that bettable? 26 plus 31. Yeah, it'll be it'll be similar to the one we referenced before. So it'll be like 31. Honestly, it might be. Well, look at what Oakland's been giving up every week. Probably a stay away game unless we get some heavy Oakland money and get in a different spot. But uh and as as in like a seven point teaser, but yeah, this is a game not I'm not usually interested in a big favorite, and there's no way I can just sit and take Oakland and all those points the way they've uh, the way they've looked most of the weeks. I'm not quite sure what to make the KC game yet. Okay, um, Alex, uh, do you think? Uh, did you bet it already? I didn't I see did your card yet this week. I did not bet this one. No. No, I only have nine plays this week. I did not bet Pittsburgh Oakland. Uh, although, if anything, oh, you know, if anything, their team total makes a ton of sense because this Oakland defense is hot garbage. Uh, Alex, uh, you think uh, Pittsburgh writes the ship? And, you know, do they manage to wriggle their way back into control of the AFC North? I would be interested. If this falls below a 10 to a nine and a half, I might be tempted to look at the Steelers here. Uh, against the Broncos, you know, they, they really, they moved the ball with ease against the Broncos and just had some untimely turnovers and, and, and some, you know, some other things go against them that kept points off the board uh, this week against the chargers. Again, you know, I think that's a game that they should have won, uh, you know, a coin flip game where you, you miss a false start on a touchdown, you know, a, a questionable, a potential questionable block in the back on a, the punt return touchdown, you know, the Steelers defender is about to pick the ball, runs into his own guy, and it falls in Keenan Allen's lap. You know, I, I, I so those are two games to me that were coin flip games. High variance game. 
yeah, you know, um, so I, I think the Steelers have, they've still been performing well. Uh, the results just haven't been there. If this, if, you know, if that fell below the, the key, the key number of 10, I would maybe look at it. The one thing that scares me off is that they have the Patriots on deck and I yes, just can't, brought it up. I, I just good can't call. trust Mike Tomlin. Uh, to keep his team focused before a game like that. I, I, we've never seen it really in the past where he's willing, you know, he's able to keep his team focused. I don't think there's much of a reason to see him keeping his team focused this week either. So, yeah, if the only it's thing that's like a likely to two week losing streak against the spread, because <laughs> I can't say two game losing streak. I don't see him losing to Oakland, but yeah, no it's way. Like no a, a two, a guaranteed two. You par- parlay the, yeah. Yeah, Steelers Steelers kick their field goal late to win by two and take us, you know, breathe a sigh of relief and then go and get hosed by the Patriots next week. That Uh, feels about how things go. You think they're going to get hosed? I, yeah, I mean, they always do. I I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be watching (laughs) extremely carefully this week to see how both of those teams look because I, love betting that game and I'm going to have action on the side and I haven't decided which side yet. Uh, even, you know, the look ahead line was anyone have a look ahead line for that? I bet you it's up on, uh, I on could call sets. it up really quickly. <clears throat> All right. Before, before we, uh, before we wrap the pot, I'll, I'll call it up for you guys. Let's talk about, uh, Rams and, uh, and the, um, and the bears real quick. Here's a narrative floating around there this week that I have completely stayed away from. Uh, people are, Pittsburgh minus two and a half is the look ahead. Are you serious? It's Pittsburgh. The, minus two it's and the half. Westgate line. Really on the Westgate. They, they are expecting. Oh, wow. So they're, so they're saying that uh, Patriots and on a neutral Patriots and Steelers right now as currently rostered are square effectively yeah, maybe by a point Patriots by a point, I guess that's surprising. Um, okay. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, let's talk about, uh, Rams <laughs> bears, uh, the Rams, the uh, there, there, there was, there was a narrative floating around this week that the Rams who just clinched the NFC West, it's going to be tough for them to get their motivation up. I don't buy that one. One second. Uh, this to me is a game where we find out exactly how good the bears defense is. And I don't think the bears are going to have, be able to, um, stop this Rams attack, especially uh, the way that the Rams like to pick in the 15 to 25 yard range, passing range downfield. I think Cooks is going to eat. I think uh, Woods is going to eat. This is going to be a show that the Rams put on in Soldier Field in prime time. I think, um, you know, Bears, good for you. You're going to win the NFC North by default effectively. Uh, but uh, you are a year away from competing with the likes of the Rams, and I think they're going to teach him a lesson in this one. The fact that it was bet down from four to three is was music to my ears. If you're going to give me Rams minus three at even money, I'm going to take that and not even look back for a second. Um, Alex, do you have a dissenting opinion on this? Do you think that the Bears are live dogs in this? Oh, boy. Um I, I, to be totally honest, I don't know. I, you know, the Rams defense has not been particularly good this year. Uh, and, but when I keep, you know, when I see this game, I just keep seeing, you know, Trubisky will, uh, Trubisky will stand in there and take a hit, but I just keep seeing and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald, you know, burying him over and over again on that shoulder that he's had, you know, he just sat out two games, uh, with that shoulder injury. I think it was a shoulder. I'm pretty sure it was a shoulder yep. injury. Um, yep. 
you know, I, am I willing to put, put my eggs in that basket? Um, and, and expect the bears offense to go punch for punch with the Rams. I think that's a big ask. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with 100% with that. Uh, and I'm going to owe our friend Sumo an apology if I'm wrong. Cause I know Sumo was back in the bears. Uh, Andy, do you know, understand uh, a position on the bears in this one? Or do you feel like I'm on the right track? Yeah. It's weird. I don't, it doesn't make sense. It should be like five, five and a half. Right. Yes. Like I, yes. I, mean, I would have. I would have given I mean, a serious thought. All this. All, all the Bears stuff is was, predicated on their defense. Right. If it was Bears, if it was Rams just, minus five and a half, I would have looked long and hard and thought they can win by a touchdown. But three at even money. Oh my goodness! I feel like this is a gift. I just. I don't know a world where that offense can keep up with the. Granted, the, the if the Bears stay inside the number, or God forsake, even win this game. It'll be one of those games where, like, well, the defense showed out, and it showed out huge. That was the best game all season from a really great defense. Who's had some really good games, and shame on me, but I'd still take that number again. So, I'll probably, I'll probably be there with you. Do you know what this feels like? This, the only, you know what the only way that this feels like uh, it, that the Bears get a win is if this is like a replay of Saints Cowboys. Yeah. I'm I'm actually seeing uh I don't know if this is current numbers. I'm seeing Rams minus three plus one hundred at Pinnacle. Yeah, that's so I right. Not, I, I I bet that right before we started this podcast. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I mean if, if that number somehow gets across three, uh, you know, some some money or in, in early tomorrow morning, I would not be I mean the Rams are gonna get hammered at two and a half. I, I two and a half almost any juice, I would guess that they get they get they're gonna get hammered. So I don't know if that comes off three, but yeah, I mean, I would keep an eye on it for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think they match up exceptionally well. I think that as good as the Bears defense is, if they're not generating a pass rush, if you're giving Goff time to let his receivers get into that 15 to 25 yard range, he is going to have one of his most impressive showings of the season. The fact that this is a primetime game and you have a West Coast team, just like we saw last week, go going east, playing a team that's body clocks are winding down as the game gets into the second half uh, and uh, Rams are peaking. Uh, I If this is even close or if the Rams are losing at halftime, I'm backing up the truck to get more Rams money down at half. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think... I think this is a statement game for them. I own a truck. I own a truck. I own a Toyota Tacoma 2003. It's a beauty. Yeah. Swear to God. I thought you had a car. Well, I drive a car, but I own a truck. Um, oh, anyway. fair enough. Uh, <laughs> we learned something. Yeah, I got a I got a black Toyota. I got a 2003 black Toyota Tacoma that I legitimately yeah. I get offers to buy it. People want to buy that thing. Legitimately, every month somebody comes up and wants to buy it from me. It's, it is a very sought after car, and I keeping it's it like you. my precious. It's crazy. I have no no so devil's, for devil's it. advocate here. Yeah, what would you say? would be a weak spot of the Rams defense lately lately in the season uh they're getting exceptionally poor play out of their cornerbacks and and one of their safeties yeah well I've I mean I've seen a few games I was gonna go with just straight up rush defense there's been a couple yeah. games where they've been just absolutely yeah. exposed 
if you have if you have proper blocking and decent scheming and a half decent running back, you, you can gash them on the ground. That's a way that you could avoid having Mitchell do too much and still try to keep pace and then also slow the game down, keep the ball out of Goff's hands. So I guess if, if I'm Nagy, that's where I'm going. Heavy ground game. So the total the total seems a little high if that's going to be the case. But hey, can again, I can at, I uh, at your own uh, risk? With this, can I make a case many, that, you know, that with, this with, is uh, this is a classic? Field. Is this a classic correlated side and total? Like if the Bears like a, cover, oh, for this, sure. If the Bears win, this is going under, right? And if the oh, Rams yeah. cover, oh, yeah. this is going over. Oh, the Bears! Yeah, the Bears aren't winning a shootout. It's not going to be 35-31 Bears. You know, that's just not a game that happens. That'll be funny if it happens now. <laughs> Rams on back to back. If it happens, if it happens it's defensive touchdowns. Bears, you know. Yeah, that's a good. Point. Yeah, good point. Rams on lengthy back to back lengthy road trips too, which uh, you know could could point to your under as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, but I will say this, the Rams have not traveled much this year. So it's not like they've logged a shit ton of miles and that they really are. This potentially will be the longest be trip besides New Orleans. Weird, huh? West Isn't that West weird? Park. West Coast team not making no, trips Detroit. Oh, yeah, that's a little farther. Right, and that's true. That I mean, last week. Did they have to go to yeah. Detroit? Yeah, 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 last we week were looking were, into this one. Last week they, they were they Motown. travel much, yeah. Yeah. This is their but, back-to-back but, but toughest travel. California yeah. team playing in the cold. Yeah, it's been. I'm going to give you guys an update. It does not feel like California weather right now. It is a it is a chilly 50 degrees. There's a little bit. There's a little bit of drizzle. It's a drizzly 50 right now uh, in California. (laughs) It is. This is. It is winter time. Winter is on. How how southern Wisconsin, Alex? (laughs) Winter is on, guys. I gotta tell you, I had to wear um, I had to wear my fleece vest over my my work shirt today. It was oh, tough. poor you. Yeah, poor I know. you. It was tough. It was tough. <laughs> you would um, wear. No, I don't. Stuff, stuff like that really doesn't bother me too much. As far as I mean, as long as there's no significant wind or you know they're not playing in some sort of blizzard, I'm just playing in cold weather. It's not fun, but I don't think it impacts the total quite quite like you know. I, I was joking, but I don't think it impacts the total quite like people I think think it might. Sounds good to me. Okay. And I guess speaking speaking of Blizzard, I forgot to do this earlier, but I gotta give a little bit of shout out to Minnesota State Mankato, the local squad. It's actually Adam, Adam Thielen's school. I gotta find this screenshot. I took a screen. So they played uh, a team from Texas had to come up and play them in a blizzard. They were down 10 nothing in the fourth. They went on a 27 play, 97 yard drive that took 12 <laughs> minutes to get their oh first my god! And, I mean, oh if you god. saw pictures, if you saw pictures of this, how the game turned, I mean, you couldn't see the players. It was full like blizzard conditions. There was like they that morning there was like eight inches of snow in the morning before the game. It was a mess of a game, but just when I read that in the, the I, I kind of tracked it because I, I have a future bet on them and I hope they do well. It's a local school. I know a lot of people that went there. And, but when I read that in the recap, 97 yard, 27 play drive to get their first touchdown of the game. I can Unreal. only imagine. Unreal. Probably some running awesome. plays. I love that, man. I love it. Uh, awesome. I really wish this was a snow game, but it's not. And I think that, uh, I know. I, think the, I, just, I, think I wish Rams, I could have found a stream because I love snow games. I think the Rams bury these guys. I really do. I think. Uh, I think this is the Rams' late season Andy's. statement game. To be honest. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Good awesome stuff. Freaking pod. I can't wait to talk about uh, Minnesota Seattle on Sunday's pod, Andy. I haven't really picked your brain on that one yet, but I made a play on that and I'll keep it a surprise. Um, been back and forth. Alex, phenomenal guest work by you. Uh, thank you as always for joining us for your third appearance in the deep dive and, uh, look out for a, uh, look out for a little, uh, little invite when we uh, get to playoff time, pick your brain a little bit on the playoffs. I know that sometimes you actually, we may not invite you to deck back to the playoffs because you have, um, you have restraint, <laughs> you have, you have self-control. And if you don't see an edge on the game, you don't play the game. And that's not the way I approach the playoffs at all. I bet with reckless abandon because I can't help myself. So uh, we uh, we may talk to you in the offseason for sure, though, uh, and ask you about oh. Packers and their, their, their head coaching search. So thanks, thanks, my man. I really appreciate it. Uh, do you have parting words for us for week 14 pod? No, I, I mean, I I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I, I feel... You know, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little hurt that it's maybe arguably the worst card of the season, but I, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll get over it. Dude, don't, 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 don't sell it short. It's a great card, and w- this is the important time of the season. We are entering the final quarter. Uh, in the, f- this is the part of the season that matters the most. So that's why we, that's why we bring you on for, for week 14. And thank you for your excellent insight into both how to evaluate NFL markets and everything on this week 14 card. Andy, best of luck this weekend. Continue your winning ways. And uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday. Actually, we're going to do a Periscope tomorrow. So I'll talk to you tomorrow. For that god-awful Thursday night game that I forgot about. Good stuff, guys.